When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four of the Believe in U.S. MT podcast. Today, I'm going to be discussing um, some player performances from this past weekend. Uh, a lot of teams also played midweek, so we'll talk about some of the games there. Uh, and then I'll get into what I believe to be perhaps the best roster for the upcoming October World Cup qualifiers, because that's soon approaching. Um, between episode four and episode five, we'll likely learn what the roster is. Episode 5, what we can do is we can go ahead and we can preview what will be on the cards for those next three games in that window. Uh, but for the meantime, I think it's fun to discuss what players we might want to see in that window um, and how those players are doing right now. So before we get into that, let's just take a look at some news um, and, like I said, some player performances from this past week. Uh, we'll start in Switzerland with PFOC, who, uh, and this is becoming a recurring theme on the podcast, just can't seem to stop scoring like I said some teams played midweek uh, and they also had a game at the weekend and PFOC was one of those players and he scored in each of those games uh, the first one was a bit of a blowout and then the second one he scored early in a 2-1 win for young boys um, and heading into that October camp I think there's more optimism around the nine spot um, given what Pepe did uh, in the past camp given how Sargent is playing with Norwich and given obviously PFOC's goal scoring rate at the moment and shifting over to Ricardo Pepe, uh, while he didn't have his best performance this past weekend against the Vancouver Whitecaps, um, the hype train didn't die, and there's more excitement about Pepe than maybe there was a week ago in terms of where his future may lie. We know Bayern remain interested. Bayern, of course, have that relationship with FC Dallas. Um, it's it's likely we'll see Justin Che move there in January. Maybe they'll get the double move with Ricardo Pepe. Um, earlier in the week, we heard that both AC Milan and Juventus are tracking him, um, though neither made an approach. Uh, and to this point, what we're hearing is that nobody has made an official approach with the transfer bid. Um, but then most recently, earlier today, the day of recording on Monday, we learned that Ajax were actually at the Vancouver game, um, and they had spoken to Ricardo Pepe's representatives. Um, and obviously we know Sergino Dust was there we know that's where he got his start obviously coming through the academy right rather than coming from a different club um, but we saw the wonders it's had for him and then of course anyone who follows the sport outside of the US know um, just how good Ajax are with their youth so while they already have the nine probably solved for this season um, at least the first choice nine I think there's few clubs in the world you'd rather see Ricardo Pippi go to um, like I said the other clubs are Bayern Munich um, who have Lewandowski, uh, Milan, and then of course Juventus are the three that I've mentioned so far. Uh, and we know that he might not walk into those clubs and get minutes. Um, and like I said, he might not walk into Ajax and get minutes, but we know how well they treat their youth, and we know that if they bring him in, they're almost certainly going to have a plan for him. 
Um, and with his talent, I don't think it's impossible to see him find minutes uh, if he were to move in January, maybe at the tail end of this season, pick up minutes at Ajax. And then while we're here speaking about Juventus, who I said were linked, we may as well go ahead and discuss Weston McKenney, who didn't have uh, many minutes this past weekend, but midweek he was able to pick up uh, many minutes for Juventus. He had 50 touches, completed 84% of his passing. He had one key pass, completing five of his five long balls. Uh, he blocked a shot. He had a clearance, two interceptions, and one a tackle. Um, and this is what we want to see from Weston McKinney, and it's really important that we do see this, um, and I hate that this has become um, something that we've had to talk about. But after what happened in that past camp, um, it's important to know that he still has the trust of his managers. Um, his manager had some remarks, right? It almost seemed, despite the midweek win, that he was scapegoated. Um, he said he could have had at least three goals, McKinney. Um, but either way, it's important to see that he is getting these minutes, and he looks good. This is the West McKinney we want to see. Like I said, two interceptions, a tackle, a clearance, 50 touches, um, completed over 30 passes. He had five of five long balls and the key pass. It, it means he's doing a bit of everything on the field. Um and that's what we want to see from Weston McKinney because we know how good he can be in all areas of the field. Um, and it seemed last season he was a little limited um, in terms of where he was on the field. So it seemed like he was only going to have um, attacking movements or attacking actions. And I don't think that plays to his um, his ability well. I think, like I say, he, he's good at so many different things that the way Pirlo played him last season. And we saw he got more goals, he got more assists than he was getting at Schalke. But... Um, I just think the way he's being used now, um, where he's really having an influence on all areas of the pitch, is the best way to get the most out of Weston McKinney, and using him in any other way is really limiting what you're going to be doing with a player like him. Uh, but unfortunately, we have worse news on his midfield partner's hand. Um, for the USMT first choice six, Tyler Adams missed uh, a 6 nothing win for RB Leipzig at the weekend. Uh, good to see Jesse Marsh get a big win, right? We know he's had a tough start to his spell at Leipzig, but uh, definitely not what you want to hear. Tyler Adams didn't make the squad out with a muscle injury. We don't really know how serious it is, um, but just, you know, less than two weeks away from that that next uh, World Cup qualifying camp, you definitely don't want to see um, who I said in a previous episode is probably the most irreplaceable player in the USMNT. Um Unfortunately, at the end of this episode, right, I'll say who I think should be in the squad in October. Um, and then if he isn't there, who could maybe play that sixth role? Um, but it's definitely a big miss. And it, it was bad news to see when I had woke up on, I believe it was Saturday morning. But back into the positives. Uh, elsewhere in Spain, um, players who would be playing behind Tyler Adams if he is in that October camp. Um, Chris Richards had another really good game for Hoffenheim. Um, and I think that's super important like I said in the past episode uh, he's a player who I really think has a super high ceiling um, and I think can have an immediate impact on the USMNT so it, it's good to see um, him have a good performance he was in kickers team of the week that came out earlier on Monday morning he picked up an assist on a corner on a flick header um, so he, he adds to a number of uh, especially center backs and then of course Weston McKinney and our nines who are dangerous in the air and dangerous on set pieces and we know how important that was to uh, the U.S. M&T throughout the summer, right? Uh, we won two trophies off the back of being successful on set pieces. So, um, yeah, he created two chances. He won four of his five duels. He picked up an assist, and 
He won 3-1 over John Brooks's Wolfsburg side, um, and he was the better of the two center backs on the day. I'm not saying I'd remove John Brooks from my uh, first-choice 11 right now for the USMNT, uh, whether we go three at the back or four at the back, but before September window started, he was our locked-on number one center back. Um, but since then, uh, maybe he we know he didn't have the best camp in September, but that mixed in with the fact that Richards um, is showing – um, that he might really reach that ceiling that we're talking about, or at least that he's improving every single week in the Bundesliga is really important. Uh, and then Miles Robinson, of course, was a standout performer in both the Gold Cup and then in that past camp. Uh, I'd say in September he was definitely the best center back um, for the U.S. men's national team. He definitely had a better camp than, than John Brooks. Um, so it's really nice to see uh, both Chris Richards and Miles Robinson, young center backs for the, for the U.S. men's national team, stepping up at both club and country level. Elsewhere in Germany, with uh, Gio Reyna still out for Borussia Dortmund, um, not sure how that's going to look for October. Uh, it's not looking good for seeing Gio Reyna in that that October camp. But uh, his Dortmund took on Borussia Mönchengladbach, where Joe Scali continued to start, continued to go 90 minutes, um, and he helped Mönchengladbach to a a clean sheet against Dortmund. It was a one nil win. Um, Scali had a key pass. He was fouled three times. He he actually was fouled on. A red card in the 40th minute, a second yellow for Dahoud. And, um, yeah, it's just I keep saying every week, Scali continues to impress. Um, and while he's a young kid, he's 18, and he, he certainly has things to improve. Um, I think his versatility, being able to play on the right or the left, this week he was on the right, uh, is really important in these October or these World Cup qualifying camps in general. And I think there's a really good chance that we see him. And I'm, I've been saying since episode two, I believe, that we probably will see him in these camps. Um, and I've been saying that I hope it's October. Um, and since I've said that, he's just kept cutting, putting in good performances, excuse me. And I, I think it would be really hard to leave him out of the roster, especially given the right back situation that we have where I'm um, sure Yedlin's getting minutes in Turkey at Galatasaray, but Reggie Cannon's getting no minutes at all. Brian Reynolds is, I mean, the situation just keeps getting worse and worse. It seems over there at Roma. Uh, hopefully we can find a loan for him in January. There was a report that that might be the case. Um, as he, he's not getting minutes at Roma, Mourinho seems to be very critical of him, and rightfully so. Reynolds is critical of himself. He came out and said he needs to defend better. Um, but hopefully we can get a loan for him because he's not going to be getting much better sitting on Roma's bench every weekend. So with that being said, I think... Um, given those outside factors, it, it helps Scali's case to make one of these camps, but... Nonetheless, even um, if Reggie was getting those minutes or if he got a move and was playing elsewhere, um, Scali's really uh, impressing every week. Um, at 90 minutes against Dortmund with a clean sheet um, and, and having a say going forward, um, I think it's something that it, it's almost definitely going to have to be looked at by Greg and his staff when they're making their decisions on their roster this week. Shifting over to Spain, um, and while we're talking about right-backs, we can talk about Sergino Dust, who's actually spent the past two games at left back um, and we know that Greg has liked to experiment with this previously Dest has said um, he doesn't have a problem with playing at left back and that's what he's been doing at Barcelona this past weekend he picked up an assist uh, he went 89 minutes he was maybe the best player on the field for Barcelona if not the best um, certainly one of the best uh, and in the opening 15 minutes he drove forward he cut the ball onto his right foot he played Luke de Jong through and he finished the chance and it's a good assist for Dest, and it's a good sign that um, 
he he really can play on the left, right? Because we know that this is something Greg has experimented with, as I just said, and he may continue to experiment with. Obviously, he did in this past camp, um, and I don't know what Greg thinks going forward, but it's good to see um, Dest have the versatility to play on both sides because I think there are positives to him playing on the left. I believe, like I say, he cut onto his, his right foot on the assist, he plays the ball through, and if he's on the right side, he's obviously not going to be able to do that, um, Maybe at least as confidently. So uh, it's an impressive assist. It's good to see, and I like that we're, we're able to now see that he can play on the left. Elsewhere in Spain, um, and somebody that's not really getting talked about a lot, and perhaps it's because of uh, the rough start that his club has had since he got loaned out there, but Matt Miazga picked up a clean sheet for Deportivo Alaves um, against Atletico Madrid, so... It was the first points for Alaves this season. Um, he won every single one of his aerial duels. Uh, and there's not much to say. I didn't catch the game. Um, I don't think he was particularly impressive. Uh, not that he was bad, but I didn't hear anything particularly impressive um, about him specifically. I just know that it was a clean sheet for him. Obviously, he's going to be playing a role in that at center back. Um, and it's good to see, as I said, I, I'm speaking about all this aerial dominance we're getting on set pieces. He won all of his aerial duels this week. Um, and if he is playing for the USMNT, I'm not saying I expect him to be called into the October camp, but um, I think perhaps he's getting ignored more than he should be. But with the amount of young center backs we have, like I said, Miles Robinson has been, um, he's been really strong for both club and country. Richards has gotten off to a good start in the Bundesliga since he sealed that deal to Hoffenheim. Um, I, I'm not certain Matt Miazga does deserve a place in that roster. I'm just saying, um, he gets talked about um, almost never by U.S. men's national team fans. And if he does, it, he's usually not spoken about in a positive light. But the last two players I have to talk about before I do go on and talk about that October camp, um, both play in Spain and are both talked about in a positive light often. Um, and that's Matthew Hoppe and uh, Yunus Musa. So Matthew Hoppe played Real Madrid for Mallorca this past week. Um, and it was a tough watch. They lost 6-1. Um, Real Madrid are flying at the moment. Um, but Matthew Hoppe had an assist. It was a little layoff, and it seems like nothing. Um, it, it was Lee who had a nice strike from outside the box. Um, so I wouldn't say it was a phenomenal assist for Matthew Hoppe. But uh, it, it shouldn't be glossed over because um, we know that Greg wants his nines um, linking up play. We know this is one of their tasks. So even if he's just, you know, Get separating himself from the defender, stepping more into the midfield, and laying it off for a winger um, who, who goes on to score. That's what Greg wants. Um, and when you have players like Gio Reyna um, and, and Christian Pulisic and perhaps Timothy Way in this upcoming camp, that is what you want from your nine. Or at least that is what Greg wants from his nine in this particular setup. He wants them to drop into midfield and link up play. Um, and we know Ricardo Pepe can do this. Um, we know Josh Sargent, right? We know when he's not scoring, this is what's talked about, um, how well Sargent can step into midfield and link up play. But um, it, it's nice to see Matthew Hoppe can do this as well because we know that um, he's he's more comfortable in wider positions than Ricardo Pepe and Josh Sargent. Um, we know that it, along a front line, he's more versatile. He's not limited to just being um, a number nine. Despite him playing there for Mallorca, we know that he played on the wing for... Um, for the USMNT at the Gold Cup, and we know that he didn't necessarily like that, but the point of all that being is that he's comfortable along the entire front line. He's comfortable in the final third, whereas oftentimes 
Um, at least it seems currently that Ricardo and Pepe and Josh Sargent really like to, to stay central. Um, and, and while they're strong staying central and can drop into the midfield, Matthew Hoppe can do that plus move wide. And then Yunus Musa, um, he played twice this week, um, another one of those players who played midweek and then at the weekend, picked up 45 minutes against Sevilla, and then this past weekend he went 84 minutes against Bilbao as Valencia started dropping points after a hot start to the season. Um, he's still not playing central, um, so we're not seeing exactly what we might expect to see under Greg for Yunus Musa. Um, I expect him to be a second eight next to McKenney. At least that's what I'm hoping. Um, we saw in the Nations League he didn't get any minutes, so what does that mean um, going into this October camp? I think with more rotation, um, we'll expect to see Yunus Musa, but um, like I say, he's not playing central for Valencia, which is where we expect him to play for the U.S. men's national team, but nonetheless, he's getting minutes in La, La Liga, excuse me, and he's playing well, so um, another positive going into this October camp from a player who missed out on the previous um, camp, uh, and in, in his case, just through injury. So now we've spoken plenty about that September camp um, and how players are currently doing at their clubs, um, specifically players who had, you know, notable performances this past week. But now it's time to get into what I think perhaps would be the best, um, you know, choice of players for this uh, October camp. I'm not saying I expect this to be what Greg does. I cut out a lot of people that Greg probably sees as vital for um, leadership purposes I'm not going to go right now. I'm not going to tell you exactly everyone I cut out, but I'll just say, like, I cut out a player like Sebastian Legette who has not necessarily impressed in recent performances. Um, and, and I know, obviously, Legette is a hot topic, but, um, yeah, I cut out a player like him. Um, and, and I want to bring in younger players. And I know this is a young group, and I know I've even recently said, without leadership, you might get um, issues like we ran into Weston McKinney last camp. But hopefully a player like him and everyone in that camp um, and with eyes on that camp can grow and learn from that. Um, and hopefully there's still a, a strong enough collection of leaders in this group for it to not be an issue. So my goalkeepers sort of picked themselves. I can't imagine anybody having a, a separate three to Matt Turner, Zach Steffen, and Ethan Horvath. Um, it, the game against, I believe it's Panama, and I could be mistaken. That might be the second game in the window. Um, we're not, we might expect to have no players that currently play at English clubs at that game. Um, Panama is currently, it's, it's just red listed by the UK um, traveling guidelines. So we, we might miss out on um, both Zach Steffen and Ethan Horvath, which is a bit of a worry. Um, so that would be the only reason you could maybe see something other than those three players selected. Because uh, what happens if we just bring Matt Turner down there and he gets hurt? Um, so maybe you'll see like a Sean Johnson thrown in there. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think any camp in which we don't have to worry about travel, um, restrictions, I think these are going to be the three keepers for the entire cycle. Moving forward. Um, my center back choices are John Brooks, Miles Robinson, Chris Richards, Mark McKenzie, and Walker Zimmerman, um, as well as Tim Ream, who, who I actually did keep in there for that leadership purpose. Um, but we know Greg might also use him at left back. Whatever the case may be, those are my center back choices. Um, like I say, Miles Robinson has impressed so much in the U.S. men's national team kit. Um, John Brooks, one of those players who picks themselves and adds leadership to that team. Um, Chris Richards is a player who missed out on that last camp, who I think is 
100% going to make this window. I'd be pretty shocked if he doesn't based on how he's been playing for Hoffenheim. Um, and then Walker Zimmerman is another strong choice. Uh, and I don't know if we go into center backs five and six with um, with McKenzie and Zimmerman and Ream, whatever the case may be. But, um, yeah, I, I think those first three in particular really picked themselves. And I'm hoping that they are the ones spending a majority of the time on the field. And then my fullbacks, I picked Sergino Dest and Joe Scali. Um, no surprise to anybody listening that I would have picked Joe Scali. Um, and then Anthony Robinson and George Bello on the left. And like I say, the cool thing about Dustin Scali is they're right backs, um, but neither of them seem to have a problem going on to the left. I like that both of them, um, honestly, all four of the fullbacks are strong going forward. Um, and, and I think, like I've been saying, I think Joe Scali's ability to play on both sides um, really does give him a huge benefit when Greg is, you know, looking through players for this camp. So what does that leave us with? That leaves us between the September camp and the October camp. Um, I've knocked off James Sands, and I believe there was somebody else. Oh, DeAndre Yedlin. Those are the two defenders I've knocked off. I've replaced them with um, Joe Scally, who, what are you getting from Yedlin that you don't get from Scally? Um, you're getting World Cup qualifying experience. Um, you're getting experience as a whole, right? Joe Scali's only 18. He's only played so many professional games. Um, and you are getting a bit of that leadership, right? He, Even though it seems like very recently Yedlin was one of the young, exciting guys, right, before this Pulisic era and beyond, now he's one of the older players in the camp, um, and he does bring experience, and hopefully he brings leadership, right? I'm not in the locker room with the guys, but you would imagine DeAndre Yedlin is the type of player that does bring experience and leadership to the team. But um, I think... Joe Scali is just playing at a higher level right now, um, and I think it would be really silly to not have a player like him in this roster. Moving forward into the midfield, and this is with the assumption that we're going to have Tyler Adams for these games, uh, despite that muscle injury that I spoke about earlier in the episode. Um, Tyler Adams is, of course, in there. Weston McKenney, I assume, will be brought back after you know being suspended and being sent home from that last window. Eunice Musa, I think... Um, Finally healthy, finally getting minutes at Valencia, getting good minutes at Valencia. Um, and even though that's not central, I expect him to be a, a choice for the eight for the U.S. men's national team. Jean-Luc Abusio um, and, and Kellen Acosta are both in the camp uh, for me. And I think if Adams isn't healthy or if Adams can't go 270 like he did this last window, the thing that I like about both Busio and Acosta, um, and you'll get this from what I said about Joe Scali, is versatility. Um, both of these players can play as a six, uh, and if we run into a bit of an injury crisis or, in McKinney's, um case, a bit of a suspension crisis like we did last window, um, both of those players can step into the eight role as well. Um, and then speaking of the eights, I have Luca De La Torre, um, who a lot of people, myself included, um, were a little surprised that he didn't make the September camp. Um, he continues to get Eredivisie minutes, um, and I think what we saw from him in the last camp um, was that he's he, he's creative and he wants to drive the ball forward. Um, and episode one, you heard me talk about how that was an issue, um, getting the ball into the midfielders and seeing them drive forward. And I think Weston McKenney would be the best at that, and we only obviously got to see him for one game. Um, in that past camp, I believe he would be the best. And then players like Luca De La Torre and Yunus Musa um, are going to be players who, who want to drive with the ball at their feet as well, and, and they want to progress play. Um, and I'm hoping that's the thing that we see improve the most from last window to this window. 
Moving forward, I've selected eight forwards to round out a 27-man roster. I'm not exactly sure what Greg's going to be going for. We know he did 26 last time, um, but obviously Weah got injured prior, uh, and, and then players got injured throughout. So hopefully we learn from that and we maybe bring another player or two. But, yeah, so I picked eight forwards. I picked Josh Sargent, Ricardo Pepe, and Pifak, um, as well as Hoppy to be the strikers. Uh, who knows how Hoppy is seen by Greg at this point. But... Um, a recurring theme here in my squad selection is Hoppy, like I say, can play along the front line on the right, on the left as the nine. Uh, and perhaps he's most comfortable as the nine, but I think the versatility is important. Uh, and then for my wingers, Pulisic, Weah, Conrad, and Aronson. And this is, of course, under the assumption that Gio cannot get fit prior to the, prior to the game on October 7th. Um, but the issue we run into here is that Pulisic and Sargent might miss that second game. Um, so that's why I've selected an extra forward. Um, Hoppy can cover for either of those guys on the left or up front. And like I say, I, I don't think Hoppy's just going to walk into the 11. That's not my point of adding him to the squad. But um, if we do run into a bit of an injury crisis or something, I think it's important to have a versatile player who can play along that front line, especially given the, the issue we're most likely going to run into with players not being available for one of the games. Otherwise, yeah, I, I believe most of that forward um, group picks itself I think Sergeant Pepe and Pifak are the, the top three um, strikers right now I think obviously Pulisic, Weah, Conrad Aronson and then Gio who is missing would be the top wingers um, so yeah that would be my I believe 27 man squad um, I, I think we're still not as deep in midfield as I'd like to be um, and I, I also realize I'm cutting players like Roldan and, and Leggett, um, I, I just don't think they have the quality of, um, you know, I think bringing in Luca De La Torre and Yunus Musa uh, and Busio as well, um, three players who weren't in the last camp, adds more quality to that midfield, uh, which is something we lacked. We, there, there wasn't a lot of ball progression when we saw Leggett on the field, um, or even Aronson in that first game as an eight. So um, I think... Yeah, th this is an improved roster from the last one, um, and whether that be through uh, players like Musa, who was out injured, um, Chris Richards, who was sealing a deal, um, and then just new players like Joe Scally. Um, I think it's an improved roster, and I hope we don't run into too big of an issue, really, with the players um, that are UK-based uh, in that game against Panama. But that rounds out my squad selection. Um, next week... Um of course, a week from release of this episode, we will likely have the roster for that October camp. And, um, you know, we can sort of compare um, who I thought should have been in it, right? The players I just listed with Greg's selections. Um, we'll see if Adams makes it. We'll see what's up with Pulisic and Gio, who are still, you know, nursing injuries. Um, but, you know, the ultimate goal is to get as much out of every player as we can. Um, and like I say, I still think we're lacking in depth in midfield, but... I think more importantly, um, despite lacking in depth, I think we're adding quality with this group of players um, that I've selected. Um, and I don't believe it's going to be what Greg selects. But nonetheless, that's the fun of this episode is being able to compare um, this roster with what we're ultimately going to see probably in less than seven days um, from time of release of this episode. So that's um, that's on the itinerary for next episode. Um and going back to how I ended last episode, if you want to shoot me a DM or shoot me a tweet at jstuccio um, on Twitter, S-T-U-C-C-H-I-O, you can 
uh, shoot me a question. I've already gotten a handful in um, that I'm excited to answer, but um, I figured I'll, I'll wait for a few more so we can make more of a segment out of it. Um, but that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.